What is going on, Internet, and welcome back to another episode of Nerdy Namacron. Episode number 42, right? No, 43, 43. Sorry, I don't know where 42 came from. Yeah, my lucky It's 43 already, man. Hells to the yes. I am your host, as always, Alex, a.k.a. Snurfin. Joining me, of course, my two homies, Ryan the Synthetic. What up, man? Hello, hello. Hello, indeed. And, of course, the man of many accolades, none of which I'm touching on today. Oh, the monstrosity. What up? (laughs) (laughs) You know, I I tried coming into this uh, call again with a a funny name, but for some reason it didn't let me choose the name that I wanted to. Maybe it was offensive. It was pre-eaten chicken wings. I don't know why, but... Pre-eaten chicken wings, yeah. Interesting. (laughs) Um, And so I just had to go with chicken noises from the end of last episode. Chicken noises. Hell yes. Um, (laughs) It's been a lot of of buzz in the shows lately. We've had a couple of finales. Yeah. A couple of moments. uh, Pretty awesome. Some not so awesome. We'll get to that later. <laughs> I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. What a disgrace. We'll get there. But until then, I'm going to open this up. Rings of Power finale. Holy shit. Yeah. Some craziness. So, I want you guys both to tell me right now how right I was. Yeah, dude, I'm, I was I was watching the episode and I was going to text you guys when that reveal happened. And I was like, wait, I'm pretty sure Ryan fucking called this. And I just wasn't sure if you guys are watching it at the same time I was or if that was going to be like a spoiler or whatever. But so I didn't end up yeah, texting that... you. But, <laughs> I, did, I did the yeah. same thing. I was like, as soon as I finished it, I was like, yo, I got to send a message to the group chat. And I, I held <laughs> myself back. I had to. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know how much I want to tell you how right you were. I can tell you how wrong you were two episodes oh, back. Yes. <laughs> I mean, that, that is thinking, thinking Halbrand was the true king and that everybody descended <laughs> from him. I had to fight right. myself. I had to fight myself from fighting you. Huh. To be fair, though, <laughs> in my defense, there was no other place that he fit in in the story aside from those two roles. Yeah, that those fair. were the only two outcomes for his character. That's fair, but I just didn't expect that he would end up being Sauron because for the longest time, I didn't believe you guys when you were saying that uh, you didn't think that Adar was actually Sauron. Fair. Yeah. Yeah, I get you. Fuck how Galadriel must have felt being on that raft now, like looking back with him. Just like, oh, she could have murdered that bitch. She could have slept with him. Yeah. That's yeah, true. that too. <laughs> that had been even worse. Actually, that would have been. No, that would have just been worse. <laughs> Probably. Anyways, <not>. um, <laughs> as somebody who only knows the outcome of the episode because I couldn't fully finish it, I will leave. The discussion in your guys' capable hands, and I'll chime in wherever I can. Um, Ollie, uh, I want to ask you first off, uh, what do you think of Istar the wizard? And like, 
Okay, so is that Gandalf or is that Saruman? 100% Who is that? Gandalf. 100% I thought so too. I, so, that's the same thing that I thought. The way but he I wasn't started sure. talking, his mannerisms, I was like, this is a young Gandalf. Like, I see it now. The way that, like, the wind blew his hair in one of the scenes was the same way it's blown, like, Gandalf's. Probably not intentional, but it just, like, you know, it's hard not to see the similarities. No, they intentionally um, put that scene in image for image. Exactly. <laughs> but no, the I mean, that they honestly, had... like, not completely out of the question. Yeah, I won't true, lie. Like that stuff happens. The 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 part that hundred percent confirms that it's Gandalf was the whole "follow your nose" thing that he said, because he said that in the, the original Hobbit. trilogy. Was it? Was it yeah, the he said no. it to Bilbo in the Hobbit. Yeah, yep. and and with them being Harfoots, I'm like, okay, this explains why Gandalf has a history with the Hobbits and like liking them. I'm sure it's also explained in the trilogy or the Hobbit. Um, as well well i guess the whole point of the fucking uh there and back again well they're whatever. um the main family they're brandy wines right uh, uh i don't think that's... brandy oh, the brandy foots. family that the like brandy runs. foots is the brandy, brandy foot they're yeah, brandy i think foots. so yeah I, I think that they are a, a descending line into into hobbits because i think they're they're a main yeah. mention of and one of the trilogies. Oh, did you guys not recognize the tree that would become Bilbo's home in the background when they got to that place? Didn't get that far. Carry oh, on. was that what that was? Yeah, there was a tree on the hill, and it was like scraggly and like <laughs> small looking, and that they were one hundred percent in the Shire. That was the Shire that they were oh, in. It, that it, makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that I, actually like, checks out. And I've been to Hobbiton, so for me, standing there and rec- it's the same way I recognized Mount Doom when yeah. um uh, in the last episode when we spoke because like i was there i was i had that backdrop myself i was able to recognize it so same with hobbiton although obviously it was cgi'd because hobbiton is the current shire that we know with the green dragon in rebuilt um mm-hmm. and that wasn't there so they either filmed it on site and cgi'd around or they just were in a studio and just cgi'd all of it but that's still that super was... cool though i'm glad you brought that up because i i didn't know i didn't realize that it was the same place that's so yeah. cool yeah so definitely confirmed now that they are proto hobbits i guess it's interesting i guess it's it's no different than than kingdoms of men that you know come and go and become a new thing so i wonder at well, what point they officially become hobbits so now that you say that 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 kind of reminds me like um uh smeagol wasn't a hobbit either right like he was the same kind of thing just like an earlier descendant yeah he was or like uh, or something like that yeah Yeah. and what if that is the same thing like they just you know migrate this group of harfoots migrates to a, a river and they eventually evolve to not be so small and are you know better at gathering for themselves rather than just simply hiding and they well, become they river folk, which then move inland um, right. and become hobbits. I think they, they all yeah. kind of fall under the halfling category. Yeah. Oh, for sure. But um, I didn't do they I don't think that they all exist at the same time. Like, don't they all exist in separate times? Like there I'm pretty certain. sure there are no more Harfoots, well, at least as of the time of the Hobbit movies. Well see, that's the thing that I'm saying is like it could be like how the kingdoms of men are where you have the Numenoreans on their island, but obviously they're also men just like Southlands are. So they could all exist at the same time. 
It's just this particular tribe is the one that f- founded the Shire and settled in the Shire. And then maybe mm. more hobbits came because I'm pretty sure the implication is that the Shire is like the hobbits main area where they are. So I'm sure there's more kind of out there in the general area, but like the actual, he has an address, doesn't he? Isn't it said in one of the movies what Bilbo's like address is? And I can't remember, or maybe it was like uh, a sign on. I think you're the fence. right. And but anyway, right. I think there was something feel, in the Hobbit movie about that. I feel that town where the Green Dragon, yeah, that's the Green Dragon Inn. Yeah, the one that they burn up in the Hobbit. Um, that's there in Hobbiton is is probably like the capital or something. I don't know. I've never read, or it's been a while since I've read even the Hobbit but um, that's always the vibe i got too though like i i always had the it always made it seem like the shire was this like congregating point for hobbits and they might exist in like smaller quantities outside of there but that was like the i guess more or less yeah the capital yeah yeah that's the vibe i got anyways that they're like the main hobbits so I don't know if the if the Harfoots are just all of them have like foot in their last name or something or <laughs> or they had to like change it slightly from Riverfolk because the they didn't own the rights to that particular thing because I don't know if you guys know that Tolkien was very particular about his trademarks and he actually tried trademarking goblin orc all that stuff and then it was like a whole court battle and they ended up only giving him a few things and not all of them. Like he tried to trademark elf as well, but I think he only got elves or something like that. I can't remember. So I think there's some oh, weird. Yeah. There's some weird trademark uh, thing I'm sure with that. So maybe Harfoot is like a completely uh, changed name to what it, they actually were. And maybe they are called river folk or something before they settled there and become the hobbits. I don't know. That's a good point, too, yeah. But anyways, that definitely was the Shire. And I don't think Istar was his name. I think that was, like, the class of wizard he was or whatever. I, I Well, the way they said well, that's that what sentence, they called him. But they also said that, like, what, what, what was said in the scene was that in his tongue, Istar means, uh, like, wise one. And in human tongue, it translates to wizard. Yeah. Or like the tongue that we're listening, whatever they call the yeah, language yeah, they're sorry. speaking in the so, show. So that's what it was. Mm-hmm. Is like They were saying he's a wizard and not Sauron. I, I don't know at what point they were able to tell. Um, like, Because like, what I wonder is, obviously they saw him descend from the sky. And mm-hmm. they... But, like, I wonder why they thought he was Sauron and not any other, like, you know, uh, Maiar or whatever. Um, so I'm not sure. So, like, they, they, they did that. it in that scene. They said when they found out that he wasn't Sauron, they were like, what the, I think the quote, because uh, I had subtitles on when I was watching the episode, they said something like, um, it's not him it's the other one and then they called him istar and uh and that was then like they left like shortly after that um but they they made it sound like they knew him before they at least knew of him 
Yeah, and I and wonder... like they they are maybe like. So this this is actually interesting that I wanted to talk about, and it, I think that we just kind of segued into it pretty well. But mm-hmm. uh, you know how you were telling us a while back, I think it was either Ollie or Alex. I don't remember which one of you said it, but uh, you had said that Gandalf was there in the Lord of the Rings movies because he was afraid of Sauron, and it was like the higher god level being's the gods, way the gods of like sent teaching him, him to deal with it. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, so what if like they are basically just two halves of the same person, like one Gandalf oh. being the pure good and Sauron being the pure evil, just taken from a one singular being and split in two? Because they're not. Well, yeah, well, you say that, but then, but then, like we get lines like that delivered. Yeah, they definitely change the lore because. First of all, if it is Gandalf, it's way too early for him, isn't it? Yeah, this is another thing that should... we discussed that he well, shouldn't show up until the second or the the third, third age. age. Yeah, but there were other wizards that showed up in the second age. Yeah, so, yeah. So yeah, the blues. Um, yeah, that was it. I was reading that there was still a theory going around that it could be, or in, or they'll introduce soon, like Radagast or someone else. Um. So maybe what they were referring to was that they knew of Radagast or a different, um, like what was it, the blue wizards? Because Gandalf was a gray wizard, then he became a white wizard, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I don't know. Um, I figured something like that, that, was that what they were referring to? That they knew of another like good one and it, this is new to them. Gandalf is new to them. But also, I wonder if they'll do a really dumb thing of explaining it and just be like, oh, technically, we didn't call him Gandalf till the Third Age, so still follows the lore. <laughs> and and Who maybe knows, he goes man? by a different That's personality before. Yeah, and they'll have... It, it'll basically be like a bootleg version of Gandalf and Bilbo, and it'll be... Um, what, what's the first name of the Brandyfoot girl? As a... I don't even know, man. Good question. There's so many. <laughs> there's so many names in this show that I've already Nori, gotten. Nor, like me. Nor, Nori. 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 Yeah. Nori. Yeah, okay. Because right. yeah, I feel like it was some three or four letter name. Yeah, Nori. It'll be like Nori Baggins and fucking um, unnamed wizard that is totally Gandalf, <laughs> like bootleg version. Yeah. I hope not. <laughs> I and, really and hope not. So where do you guys think they're headed? When he was like, oh, I, I caught a sweet smell going this way. What if they are going to meet, uh, like, other wizards? Like, I don't know, somebody like Radagast, I guess. But my first, like, my first thought was uh, that wizard that they meet in the Hobbit movie, the one that, like, that, lives in okay, the woods. Okay, that's literally what I'm thinking right now. The, the, the guy who speaks to all the animals or whatever. Yeah. Hunt, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's honestly what I think because as soon as I saw the Harfoots in the first place, that's who, where my mind went. So I wonder um, if that has anything to do with it. But if he also sell, smelled something sweet, I wonder if we're going to soon be introduced to like another character or group of characters 
or something that are like good people and he just smells that out yeah so. i mean if that so that being the shire puts them like real fucking far away from everything that's happening and i i yeah. didn't think that they were that far away so that kind of like twists my perspective on it a little bit because i i was under the impression that uh that they were like maybe a valley across from all of this um because they felt the effects of the the eruption mm -hmm. but i don't know like it like what what was it that happened they had a couple of their things just burned down because uh or their grove that they they made it to the grove that had just been hit with like ash or something from the eruption before they got there yeah <clears throat> um yeah i'm not sure what to make of that to be honest yeah Sorry, that, that one just kind of what, what was that alex what was the question so uh, just like if, if that is the shire that uh that they were at then uh, I mean, I suppose it's possible for, like, a volcanic eruption to go, like, continental, but yeah, I feel oh, like it, it would have been a lot worse well, than I what mean, we saw. I mean, there was the whole, was it Krakatoa? Or, like, there was a volcano eruption that happened, was it Southeast Asia? Somewhere along the Ring of Fire, I'm sure, where the volcano volcano actually caused like a hundred days of like night essentially because of the ash clouds all over the world all over the world um so yeah i'm pretty confident to say that that's definitely a thing that can happen and i think i even said it a few episodes ago um with the volcanic eruption and like just relating it to pompeii um, if you're kind of in that immediate vicinity, it catches up to you pretty quick. The lava flow gets to, like, if you're not already, like, a few hundred kilometers away, like, there's pretty much no point in outrunning it. So mm. I'm sure that a few, I don't even think they were ash clouds or anything that made it that way. It was just straight up, like, fireballs, no? Yeah. And I mean, I and, guess so, yeah. But there was so, really, like, no debris or anything. There was just, like... A bunch of burnt patches everywhere. Yeah, that's true. I I mean, I wonder if... I wonder if... Well, because the little... The cult people that were in the area, they were watching for Sauron to, like, come. So I wonder how old those are. Are those necessarily from the volcanic eruption? Like, did we see that? Or were those other, like, signs from the heavens and that's what they were following and thought Sauron was coming? I mean, I guess, yeah, like that argument could be made that we really, we don't see it for absolutely certain. We just like, we're not even necessarily told that, uh, that the grove is the way it is because of the eruption. It just happens in that sequence of events. So I, I think that, yeah, like that's kind of what we were led to believe. That said, though, they could very well be completely separate things. Yeah, because um, why what what was it in episode one that caused the harfoots to try to seek this place out again was it just a thing it's, that they were it's just staying? their cycle it's just like they're they just do this like migration cycle basically oh. like uh like a hibernation kind of for other or like like what <clears throat> birds do where they go and fly somewhere tropical yeah, instead of the harfoots here are in birds. fucking canada 
basically yeah. <laughs> pretty much yeah okay so it's like just the migration because they're nomadic and probably just try to avoid the winter or something like that um yeah okay. I, well, I bet that it was it's probably like uh, they probably well, if, couldn't keep themselves alive reasonably during the winter months in yeah. areas that are not warm well i'm wondering if because what we do know about hobbits is that they're pretty much there in the shire and the harfoots are nomadic i feel like there's going to be some kind of like fate brings them and keeps them here kind of thing like wasn't the dude that died um protecting um it was the wizard right that he died protecting or no he was fighting him kind of and then the cultist like came in and threw a knife and oh, killed him yeah like the um there the uh... dude that had he was like the map bearer or whatever, wasn't he? Yeah. What 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 is they what is the word that they use to? I, this is gonna bother me, but they like they use that specific word well, to title. If you go him. on if you go on Amazon Prime right now and go to like the description of the show, it'll tell you all the characters' alignments, where they belong, and and it gives you like a breakdown of everything, which is kind of neat. Um, oh, I've never noticed but, that before, actually. Yeah, that's how I knew Celebrimbor was going to show up before the show even aired, because they had literally all the characters there. Oh, yeah. Of course, they, <laughs> they didn't say, like, Halbrand slash Sauron. Um, yeah. <laughs> but um, I wonder, like, what, he was the leader of them, right? So I wonder if this... And I get the vibe that the, that the new leader is the gray-haired, like, white dude, the older dude. Um, so I wonder um, if he's the one that decides that they'll stay there permanently actually i think that uh the 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 vibe that i got from that scene was that her friend is gonna become the new map reader oh um like because of a couple of things like she she has showed in previous episodes as well as this episode that she's capable of reading a map by correcting the the old woman that initially takes the map and starts trying to tell people where to go. Um, and also like that woman's comment to the girl in response to her, like correcting it, it, it just made it seem like, like she's eventually going to be given that mantle. Poppy, and if that Poppy is the case, fellow that chick, her. Yeah. And if that is the case, friend. I feel like that's reason enough for us to believe that they're going to stay because like, what her her reason could be as simple as she's waiting for her friend to come back so oh, they so just happen to settle down in this spot that becomes the shire so the dude that died is sadok burrows he's the harfoot's trail finder a wise leader trail who finder. guides his community to safety on their annual migrations he carries the wisdom of generations and is tasked with holding the secrets hidden in the stars so this is straight from amazon prime <clears throat> that i'm reading this um and then yeah, Largo Brandyfoot's the guy I'm thinking of. Is he Nori's dad? Yeah, he's Nori's dad. Yeah. Okay, so maybe you're right. And I wonder, Poppy Proudfellow? Like, I'm getting Bilbo and Sam vibes from them. Um, So I wonder if Poppy Proudfellow... What's... Because it's what? Samwise Gamgee is his full mm -hmm. name, right? Yeah. I don't know. I, I wonder so. if we're... I don't know if there's more to it than that, but... yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I wonder if there's anything to tell us if any of these people are also going to, you know, their line is going to descend and we're and that's how we're going to have connections or if they'll even bother doing that because largely it's really unimportant because Sam is just his best friend, right? 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know if they'll bother going that far with uh, family ties for especially yeah. like the Hobbits and the Harfoots. And honestly, really in the in the grand scheme of things, don't matter all that much. It's only characters like like Durin and like Elrond. Elrond those those are people that yeah. they needed to build legacies for, and that's what they've done with this show. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so yeah, I'm pretty satisfied with like the Harfoot storyline, but. One thing I want to throw out there is, do you guys mm-hmm. think that the timeline is completely different with the Harfoots versus what's going on with the rest of it? Because this is what I'm thinking is, if it's true that those ash things that were that they found in the grove were already there, who's to say it wasn't already like months after the events of what happened with Galadriel and Halbrand? Or like sometime okay. after? So what do you think is like a cause of that being the case? Like, I don't know. I just think that they could surprise us. And because you know how they, how I, earlier I was saying that like, oh, wow, the Numenoreans made us to the Southlands pretty fucking quick. And it was because what was going on with Bronwyn and her son, Theo and uh, Arendir, um there was like happening like at the time that the, Numenoreans probably first landed on the continent so everything we were seeing of them in Numenor was happening actually like probably months in advance of that but they were Mm -hmm. showing it to us at the same time but if anything I feel like the Brandyfoots just because how you pointed out that the Shire is just so far removed from like everything else that's going on on the continent I wonder then if if the um if nori uh leaving with the wizard is again months before and in season two they're gonna just like be actually much closer or if the entirety of season two is them catching up or something like that i kind of feel like it's gonna be the latter and that they are happening more recently in the timeline and we're going to get in season two like a long story of them trying to they're probably not going to get as much development as other characters in the show because i i think that they're going to connect near the end of season two or just the end of whatever arc they're going for and they're going to basically be the tide turners or something of some battle coming up like gandalf basically always is okay Uh, i can see where you're coming from that's kind of my prediction with it also i read a line on like a review of the season because for the most part i've been seeing really positive reviews about this show um you know like all things considered if you ignore the pacing the lore whatever that's out there for like the major hardcore tolkien fans um as they were mentioning that there's still four or five seasons to go of the show to develop whatever they want to develop so Mm, that's the first i'm hearing that there might already be like a long-term goal in mind of how many seasons there are or i wonder if they were just saying that for the sake of it but i mean i feel like i could see that reasonably being the case it just depends on how slow they want to take things like they could really do six seasons where each season is like less than a year apart from it the last season oh and if they do that then we can not only see characters kind of age in real time as things kind of happen in the world. Um, 
but we also get a little more background story that's consistent throughout uh, when we're watching characters like uh, Elendil and Isildur, um, you know, coming into themselves as kings of uh, of the Southlands. So I'm Googling it right now, and I'm seeing two kind of conflicting th- things, but one of them is that it is greenlit for five seasons, and then I'm okay. also reading that it's five seasons past season two that it's greenlit for. I don't know why they word it that way. So potentially five to seven seasons of this show is is what's planned. Oh. Interesting. Well, Elendil doesn't become king until after the destruction of Numenor. Yeah, uh, which so I we still have a while to go. We're still but like, but that, no. that's what I mean, though. Like, it depends on how slow they want to take this because we're going to see that event no matter what. It just depends on like how how many years in the future that takes place and how many years they want to spend building story well, towards that. Am, am I misremembering? But they didn't they roll up back on Numenor and it was destroyed at the end of this episode. No, they had the they that shot was to show that they had all their flags raised because the king died. Oh, I'm an idiot because I yeah they had all know. the flags and like I feel half like there was one building whatever. that particularly looked destroyed, but it must have just been the angle or something, and it was just like a pan shot. So okay, it that's was the what flags I was, I was supposed to focus on. Yeah, that's what I thought was happening, and then the the very next scene was the uh, the king like getting his. Uh, he was like dead in in that bed, and somebody was talking about like his funeral or something like that. I I think, but uh, I I watched the scene like thinking the same thing, but I couldn't uh, like tell anything was really destroyed for certain. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But I did go back, and all the flags are like hung. They're all like halfway up the the thing. Half mast. Um. Yeah. So I think that that's all it was. And obviously, like, that also explains Isildur, or Elendil's hesitancy Elendil. to tell the queen what it was he saw. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. <clears throat> okay. Yeah, the destruction of Numenor is still going to be a ways out. Okay, good. Because I was like, if that's how it happens, and they just, like, roll up on it and well, discover it the like queen, that. the queen region... Needs to be overthrown. Therizon needs to take over. Um, if we're gonna go back to lore in a way, Halbrand slash Sauron will eventually make his way back to Numenor. Um, that makes sense. I mean, the vibe that I feel like they gave us, and uh, with a lot of the tone surrounding those two characters, the uh, the Queen Regent and. What did you say that guy's name was? The like speaker dude? Farazon. Farazon, yeah. yeah. Um, they, it's like really like the vibe that I got was when the Numenor will collapse when the people there finally fully detach themselves from the elves, which would make sense that that would be the overthrowing of the Queen Regent. Uh, yes. Um Lore-wise, and I know that we can't stick to everything, Numenor was destroyed by the gods. Yeah, and we talked about this. uh, I remember you telling us this in one of the earlier episodes. I think it was episode three that we saw that, like, basically the flood come through and destroy Numenor in her vision. I think it was episode three that we see that. And you you told us about uh, 
you told us about like the lore accurate um yeah reason for all of that but Which i i don't think that happen. that's where they're going because they were basically sodom and gomorrah no they were <laughs> starting to worship uh morgoth oh gross yeah right and that's that's like that's like tip of the iceberg uh Ferizon, like tries to put together an army to take on the gods nice yeah, yeah like, that'll a whole, work out yeah there's like a whole fucking thing about that i mean um, i'm sure that we won't see like too many differences like I, i'm sure that it'll the sequence of events will be different but it'll be like sauron shows up there and tempts him to make the rings of man uh and in doing so he this uh this dude and numenor like fall prey to uh sauron's deception and then it ends more or less the same way they build an army to fight like the elves or something uh who are coming to try and take their land back and then they are i guess seen by the myad as like less than like they're lesser beings now because of their worship of uh of darkness so I could see it like it just obviously it wouldn't be Morgoth in this circumstance, but very similar turnout in terms of actual like event to event leading up to Numenor's destruction. I mean, we'll see. Yeah. Um, is there any other like tied up ends? Oh, I guess um, let's get into um, what's going on with the elves. Mm-hmm. And the rings that we see at the end there. Yeah. How many rings were forged? Three. Uh, okay. I believe these three are the, the ones that yeah that go to the elves because I think the dwarves get like five, don't they? Seven. Seven. Yeah, and the elves get nine. No, the elves nine. the elves only get three. Uh, three. Dwarves get seven. Humans get nine. Yes. Okay, that was it. The humans are nine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, from what I gathered across the season is that there was um, and I, I also had to like read up on this in the lore as well. So, th the thing that makes the elves immortal is like the light of this I can't remember the name. It's like the light of something. And back in the day there was a tree and we see that tree at some point in the season but i must have forgotten already um that and i think he's i think who's the king of the elves or whatever at galandil gilgalad gilgalad that's it um he starts talking about like the the tree is like its last leaves are going to fall or something like that yeah, he was talking so, to Elrond, and that's how he convinced him to go and ask the dwarves for the Mithril. Yeah, I remember that's that right. scene. Yeah, because that that tree is basically the last thing that contains that light. And there was a point with the battle of against Sauron, I think, where the tree was basically smited and stunted in its growth. So all of that went down into the earths, into its roots, and that's when Mithril basically came to be. And 
so that's the last thing that contains that light and that's why they need that so um like is that what you guys kind of got like i don't know if the show necessarily put that together too well i had to like google it to find out exactly what was going on and i'm definitely like paraphrasing hard here but that was the gist of it yeah um, i mean i could see that because like like you said the only explanation they give in the show is really just like they found this in this really particular mountain really deep and really dangerously and that's all they've told us in terms of its actual background yeah um yeah so anyways that's why it's really important for the elves to get it but obviously elves and dwarves have a bad blood between them um and so i can't remember exactly um durin prince durin um was not able to question his father to continue the mining right that was the whole scene with his wife telling him that he will someday become king so like you need to step up yeah basically like the king took off his uh his like family crest off of durin uh and threw it to the ground basically like disowning him from his family is more or less what that means yeah yeah okay um but like his wife said he is the heir um so unless like the line of succession is broken somehow he still gets the throne yeah so i guess the rings is a way to try to win them over again and like that's their last resort to like building bridges yeah i could see i well maybe like i I could almost see the rings being more of uh, a reason for them to further break the bridges with the elves like sauron will use it to to further divide the dwarves and the elves so that they can more or less try not to give them any more mithril yeah yeah okay so yeah that's that's the gist of the end there um and Celebrimbor, i don't know in the lore if this was like originally what the first rings he made were but i'm guessing either way like it works out for the pacing of the story that they're going with that they're he's making the the dwarves their rings and maybe every season or every few seasons we're gonna see him make more i don't even know if we'll honestly see him make the rest of them to be completely i uh, think fair I think technically, like I know that that is the lore-based thing, but he makes some of them. He doesn't make all of them, right? Like I'm pretty sure. I thought in lore he made all of them except for the One Ring. Uh, no, he definitely makes the One Ring because that's at least if the lore from the game Shadow of War, Shadow of Mordor, carries. He makes the towers and he makes the the One Ring for sure, and I think. One of those towers he ends up talking about in this season. But I can't really remember the conversation of how that went. But I remember finding that infographic. I think it was like at some point Sauron got him to make some of the rings. And then there were other rings he made behind Sauron's back. And that was the one ring was one of those. Or it was the only one that he made behind his back. Um. I don't know. Well, the yeah, one ring, remember. like, it was so powerful because it was forged in Mount Doom. Yeah. Sauron forged the one ring. 
Did yeah, okay. okay. I thought so. But so like I wanted to talk about this as well because of uh uh partially Galadriel's <laughs> character and also a little bit of Calibrimbor. Um you remember when uh Galadriel and Halbrand are kind of interrogating Adar in the barn and he's telling Galadriel like this is basically the reasoning that I gave last episode for why I think that Halbrand was Sauron um, because of the things that Adar was saying to her, like things like she's the reason that evil is going to be reintroduced to the world. And like, she is the cause for all these terrible things and the dark Lord returning. And it, that all turns out to be true come the end of this finale. But it doubles down because she's refusing, uh, like Elrond finds at the end of the episode, she's refusing to tell Calibrimbor the the purpose behind making these rings, so to speak. Like, she doesn't tell any of them that this was Sauron's plan all along. Because she thinks that they can now wield this to their own uh, uses rather than um, be forced into kneeling to him. Which I think uh, we're going to see them slowly turn to the dark side, I guess. Uh, and the only person to not have that happen will be Elrond, who found the basically the family history of the kings of the Southland. Um, which is what, uh, for, uh, for you, Alex, Galadriel found this, uh, this like scripture uh, that carried the line of kings uh, right. that are like so the I true heirs. I remember her asking for it when they got there. Yeah, so she gets it and basically like sees that it's been broken for a thousand years and that Halbrand should not be like the last living ancestor from this line died a thousand years before the present events of this show. So obviously Halbrand shouldn't exist. And that's how they get into like he's Sauron and all of that. She drops this uh, scripture into like a little pond. And at the end of the episode, Elrond finds it and is reading it. Hmm. So he's going to know that uh, that like these are probably eventually going to corrupt the other elves that wear them. And he'll probably be the one out of those three that doesn't wear one. I'm betting it'll be Calibrimbor, the king, and then maybe Galadriel. Maybe not. They might give it to someone else. But I don't think Elrond will have one of the rings. Yeah, that would make sense. Huh. I did also just want to talk about it more so just like how I wanted to hear your thoughts on this because I absolutely loved this scene. I thought it was so well done and really fucking cool. Um, the actual introduction to Sauron where they're yeah. kind of going between like the big traumatic events in, in Galadriel's timeline yeah. where he's playing the role of other characters. And yeah. just like influencing her decisions, and uh, I, I wanted to hear what you thought about it. Just like, like, did you like it? Did you not like it? Well, uh, and uh, give me a little bit about why you feel that way. Well, no, I thought that that was like a really brilliant thing because, um, like, I think she even alludes to this in like the first episode of the season where she's like, I feel like the decisions in my life have been made for me. I feel like there was a line or something like that where like people have this expectation of her and she just has to like carry through that plan. And I feel like that was like pretty 
good foreshadowing for this reveal. Yeah, I think uh, I think that conversation happened before the Elf King told her that she had to go on the boat at like the beginning of the first episode. Yeah, I think you're yeah. right. I think she, that was a conversation that she remembered having with her brother. Yeah, and um, and and anyways, yeah, when they were it was like a really interesting like editing that they were doing because i remember they were like flipping through his faces and i was just like blinking and i'm like wait he's that guy now wait oh what the fuck and then um and then it gets to the climax of that scene where she's just like no where she's having the conversation with her brother under the tree and he's like do you remember what i whispered to you in this moment and then she was just like no like you are not my brother and then it just uh I don't know. Like, I felt like it was a really good scene. I kind of want to watch that again, to be honest, just because um, it was pretty satisfying to watch. And mm-hmm. I, okay, what I wonder then um, is, it, are were all those people that Sauron, um, like, being did they all have to die for him to be somebody else or does he like shape shift and just be whoever he wants? Um, to be honest, I think he just kind of takes the form of whatever. I don't think that those, the, what, what was happening in that sequence though, I don't think was necessarily like him taking over the, the role of her brother in her young age or something like that. I think it was not, just like yeah just like invading her mind and using her her mind planting a false memory to try to like get her to bend or whatever and that's why yeah what i really liked about the scene was that like you had said where you know he he says something about like touch the darkness once again and uh her brother says that to her like that's what he whispered to her and she's like you're not my brother but then the conversation continues and we see her get pulled back into this narrative and then again, we see her break out once more, and then she's pulled in again. And once she breaks out, they swap scenes to a different, uh, little more personal kind of thing due to the conversation that they're having. And once again, we see her teetering between whether or not she believes him and trusts him enough, uh, being, you know, ha- having been with this character for what we can only assume is probably a good number of months that uh, this show lasts for. Yeah. Um, but I, I, that's what I love the most about the scene was that we really got to see just how deep his deception is. And like, to me, it, it painted a really good picture as to why he is the, the big, bad, dark lord. Yeah. And yeah, I think they're definitely going the right direction to like put Sauron to justice because he's always just been the big, bad boogeyman and he's barely had the kind of like fleshing out that they've always said he's had you know Mm -hmm. so yeah and in this they don't try to like make him the maybe a good guy you might feel kind of bad for him he is fucking bad like he is a bad dude yeah and i think it's perfect like it is absolutely what i expected of this character had he ever been developed yeah and what was it that Adar said about the difference between him and Sauron was that Sauron likes to deceive, whereas he likes to just be, like, there was something he was saying where that's the difference between him and Sauron, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I, I know what you're talking about, but I don't remember the like, quote. I want to, yeah, I want to say it was something like, 
Sauron likes to deceive and and weaken from within or something, whereas he likes to just oh, I kind of I don't know if it's a brute force versus like um. I'm gonna quickly Google. I think Eric. it was more compassion against, um, like spite almost, uh, because it was something like, uh, like he, his means, Sauron's means are deception and uh, like really underhanded and uh, backstabby. Whereas Adar's whole thing was like he wanted to give home to these orcs, like he saw them as uh, living beings that were you know, just as worthy of having a land to live on as a, as a human. So he, as much as he was like, like he recognized, I think that he is kind of a bad dude and what he was doing wasn't a great thing. He, uh, he, he thinks that his motives are justified because he sees the good in, uh, in orc kind, I suppose. Yeah. Could be. Yeah, I'm not quite sure what that quote was, but I'm anyways, what I was trying to get to is like, I'm really curious um, going forward, like what we're going to see from Adar, because the last we saw of him was that he was tied up, right? They didn't kill him or anything. Uh, Well, no, we I think we see him again after all the ash clears where he's talking to that like human. Oh, yeah, that's lieutenant, where it was. And it's like super brief. And they have the they have the uh, fucking what is the giant fiery beast thing again? Uh, the what? The one that the, the one that Gandalf fights and says, "Fly, you fools." Well, that that was like part of the other storyline with the dwarves, which we didn't even literally didn't no. even touch on at all. No, he, I don't think he, we see a single dwarf in this entire finale. No, 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 no. It was, it was in the ash cloud when he was talking to his minions. There was one right behind him. Was there not, or was it like a really quick edit and I somehow put those two together in my head? I I'm don't believe so. I'm pretty sure there was one like right behind him, like joining forces with them. I could have. What are they called though? Why am I blanking Balrogs? on that name? Balrog. Yeah, there was a Balrog like right behind him in the ash cloud in that like same scene that he was talking to his people when we last saw him. I'm pretty Alex, sure can there you was confirm or deny this because I don't remember huh. this at all. Uh, Balrog rings of power. I wonder if there's just like Alex. I th I heard snoring earlier. Did he fucking fall asleep, bro? <laughs> 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 I know he said he was tired, but like, god damn. Yo, this dude fell asleep mid-podcast. This better stay in the edit. This will stay in the edit. He's the one editing. Uh, like, yeah, he's god, literally he, fucking he sleeping. Okay, uh, I don't know. Should I call him? Yeah, Probably call his phone. Here. Hopefully it's on vibrate. No, no, no. no. You know what? I'm going to call him on Discord because he has his headphones on and he'll oh, maybe true. hear that. Yeah, Yeah, that's so funny, though. Holy that's shit. fucking good i hope oh it's not that God. he just walked away without telling us because like yeah huh. yeah or just like we'll find I, out. I don't know if you have ash's number i don't think i have her number i don't know i mean i could probably ask uh vic for it but i don't know if she'd respond in time what the hell's going on? oh there you are hello <laughs> sorry did, did your voice there drop out is. or something no why what's up Oh, because we were just asking you. I already forget the question. But we were asking <laughs> um, so, you. 
Uh, oh yeah, confirming. Ollie if and you... I were discussing if there was a Balrog at the end of uh, one of the episodes, like in an ash the, cloud. The penultimate in one. Yeah, the penultimate one. I'm pretty sure there was a Balrog right right behind Adar when he was talking to his people, and I was like, "Oh shit, are we gonna see a Balrog fight?" But like, no, it was just kind of like roaring and like standing there. I can't remember. Uh, won't lie. I may or may not have been leaning back in my chair and may or may not have passed out briefly. Yeah, it briefly appears after Jiren the Third throws an elven leaf into the mine of Mithril, the leaf finds its way to the mountain's right. roots that's and the, the ball rock. Yeah, that's out. that's in the okay. mines. That's a different so, that's a different okay, thing so entirely. Right. It, yeah, yeah that's part of the dwarven so storyline. It one hundred percent was just a quick edit and I blinked, didn't see the edit, and then it just went straight to the scene with Adar. That's probably why I thought it was there. Uh, oh, okay. okay. That makes more sense because yeah, I don't know why a Balrog would have already I guess maybe it could have been living in the in Mount Doom or something, but well, it makes also more sense. for one though, like I'm pretty sure almost all of them, aside from that Balrog, are dead at this point. I'm pretty sure they were mostly wiped out um, at the end of the first stage by whatever like wizards they had at that point. So that, yeah, they were like a large part of Morgoth's army. Were uh, like even the the his highest ranking general at the time was a Balrog ahead of sauron yeah. yeah and i know that like we talked about that before but um i don't know like i was under the impression that that one was like among the last yeah i would no, be I th- fucking happy if we actually saw another one in combat though like in a big battle scene type of i mean thing. i wouldn't be surprised if they pull something like that though they gotta bring like something for you know like if I don't know, like, do you guys think we're going to have, like, the, the typical Urukai or, I guess, is that what they are that we're seeing right now? Like, the proto-Urukai? With, well, like, they're just called Urukai. They're Uruks, yeah. Uruk, yeah, yeah and the Urukai, Urukai were the... developed by Saruman. Yeah, okay, mm, that's the what I thought, that that they weren't sun. introduced till the trilogy. Um, but I guess, yeah. so we've seen... Like goblins are technically Uruks. Is that what they all are? Or because the thing no, that attacked Theo in the house was a goblin, right? It was an orc. That was an yeah. orc. Okay. Yeah. So see, I always thought goblins were like the really skinny-looking ones, and that was no, mainly goblins the are really small. But they uh, um, in in the Hobbit when they all fall through the floor of the mountain. Yeah. Those are goblins. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Okay. I gotcha. Um. Yeah, so I want, anyways, I wonder if we're going to see trolls or any of that. Like, I don't really know the lore of, like, when they came to be. I'm assuming they're all kind of around and that they weren't just made for, like, the Hobbit. Or not the Hobbit, but the, were any trolls in the Hobbit? I think there might have been. Yeah, I think there were. I think there were. Okay. And they talked. And they were frozen in the sunlight. That was but in the I second think there were also movie, some in the battle of the five armies in the last movie, mm-hmm. like yeah. domesticated trolls, I guess. Yeah, okay. I I, I don't so, really know how else to describe did, them. Like, well, there's a few different varieties, right? Like, there's the there's cave, and then there's the ones that always had like the drums or whatever. I don't know, and then. Yeah, get the some, mountain trolls. Yeah, the mountain trolls, and then you can you can get some on your on your squad in Shadow of War. I still have to beat mm-hmm. that game. 
Um, and yeah, anyways, there's a few scarier variants, and I think what I was playing, what was that open like MMO, uh, Lord of the Rings game? Um, open world, I mean. Rings Online? No. No, it wasn't Lord of the Rings Online. It was like Battle for Middle Earth. Was that the name of it? Sure. I don't know. Or was that the PlayStation 3 one where you could just have like giant fucking like armies and like it was basically that game mag where like it was three sides all with like 64 like 100 players and it oh was, like, no that big. one was uh that was lord of the rings conquest i remember conquest. that game that game Fuck, was, that was fucking awesome that was, yeah that was a fun game and then there was another one um i guess it was just literally like the trilogy game like for the movies and you could play all the different um like through all the different scenarios that happened in the in the movies Oh, um, yeah. that one was really Makes good sense. they need to bring back like good lord of the rings games like i can't remember the last one that released um i feel like well, maybe wasn't it was... shadow of war only like i i guess yeah. that was like almost five years ago though wasn't but i guess it? i mean more 2018 i think yeah I, aside from those ones i can't remember the last one that released it was probably that conquest one or something like that like to Battle be honest Earth. i don't even think that it was that good of a game it was just like it was so much it fucking fun. fun. It was yeah. so much fun. No, it definitely wasn't like a good game because all I remember is like playing an elf or something and just like firing arrows into orcs or a wizard. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it was like it was like what you described. Like you would basically you and uh, whoever else. I think it was up to four players split screen. Um, yeah. And you guys would all be on like one team, and you'd have a certain amount of lives. And it was kind of like uh, like Halo's firefight, oh, where like yeah, there would okay. be a certain amount of enemies that would come at you in waves, and you would have to kill them with dying like minimal amount of times, that. or you yeah. would lose. Yeah, sort of like that. Um, anyways, I kind of forget where I got to this point. Where we where we came um... from? I feel like there was a point I was trying to make with all this. Oh yeah, the trolls. Um, yeah, so what I was wondering is, did I just miss it in... I know it was in The Hobbit, but did I miss it in the in the OG trilogy where, like, the orcs couldn't be in sunlight? Like, I remember them talking about the Uruk-hai yeah, were much. fine in the sunlight, and that's what made them so deadly, because I remember Aragorn talking about, like, oh, they can't track us out, uh, like, in the day. It'll be at night when they make ground. Um, mm-hmm so, so I, I guess... it's really subtle but they do do it a little bit like when we first see uh the orcs um taking down all the trees in saruman's land um all of it like it all happens at night and yeah. then when they finally get their massive like trenches dug in the ground where they can work all the time because it's dark it's always dark it is like they never specifically mention it at the time but they show it in little ways yeah okay okay so i guess that's just like a staple with them and that's why they kind of need the ash clouds of like mordor and whatever um, yeah and that was like partially morgoth's whole thing is he was trying to cover the world in a shroud of darkness um through the means of mount doom basically yeah okay uh so like basically just what adar did this season on a much larger scale yeah and then i'm curious um 
in the return of the king they had those like elephant those like war elephants and you know those like people that were like on them with their kind of had a whole like southeast asian vibe to their garb yeah or, mm-hmm. or yeah what people are those are those another people surrounding like mordor or i've always been curious because um, i don't know if they fully f- explain that or i just didn't not pay that, attention. i don't think they do as far as i remember in the trilogy but like it's almost making me think that it's maybe whatever happens to the numenoreans Okay, because that's kind of like, where it I was eventually going. just becomes those people. That's kind of where my mind was going. Was that I wonder if they're like the, uh, I don't know if bastardized is the right word, or like the corrupted Herodrum. Do they have like a decent history that like we could see happening in the, in the show? Um, nothing yet. Hmm. Hmm. Because, yeah, I wonder if they'll ever kind of, like, flesh out all this other stuff. Um, I mean, I I don't know if that necessarily would need it. But, like, they really could just be people that submitted. Who knows? Yeah, Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, anyways, I guess my only, like, real burning question going forward is um, what's going to happen with Adar versus Sauron here. Because Adar claims to have killed him. But I also, but I was reading that there were theories that people thought that Adar knew who Sauron was, and I think it was, I think I was reading it was that scene um, in the barn when Galadriel cuts him with a knife, and then he recognizes the knife, and that's Halbrand's knife, and or there's something like that, um, and that's when he says that quote that you were talking about earlier. Where like it was Galadriel yeah. bringing Sauron back to these lands. Mm-hmm. I remember um, the scene you're talking about. It was, about. A it dagger, was um, that's her brother's dagger. Yeah, but uh, what what you're referring to, Ollie, is right after that happens. Uh, Halbrand like comes in and stops her from oh, killing okay. him. That's what it was. And then <laughs> she like steps knife. away, and he walks up to him and he whispers like, "Do you recognize me?" And he says, "No." who are you or should I or something like that? Fuck. I like blink and I miss these things. Yeah. Okay. This was like, I I remember this very vividly because this was the backbone of my theory that he was Sauron was like literally that conversation in that scene. Yeah. Okay. Now that's like a plain as day fucking like, and, and the thing about the, when Halbrand first got into the fight in Numenor with the other people and he was like, yelling about being called by a different name whatever there was just so many little signs here and there and yeah yeah I'm, <laughs> i i I'm, feel that too <laughs> i'm glad that we Surprise. at least circled the drain on it throughout the show that like we had a good idea of who could be sauron it was basically either the i guess he was referred to as the stranger who ended up being the wizard um mm-hmm. and hellbrand like it was one of the two like i yeah, like I was going to be surprised yeah. if it was anybody else. But I, um, I liked that the show did a good job of generating the conversation that, that both ways were a potential, you know? Like yeah. it could have gone either way. And uh, I, I feel like, at, at least for people that liked the show, it wouldn't have ruined it if it had gone the other direction. Yeah, so it's interesting that 
that a lot of people were shitting on the show, but I'm glad that it, at least with Rotten Tomatoes, I saw that it got like a, I don't know if it was certified fresh at this percentage, but I think it was like an 85, 86% like positive. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, not I as mean, high I as I would expect thing. for like a big flagship show like this. Like I think the boys is much higher. That's definitely I think it like, is too. But yeah, the boys I, also is a much larger like l- they have a they have a pretty dedicated fan following. This show yeah. is kind of trying to grab the dedicated fans and move it yeah. over to it, which almost never works. Yeah. But that said though, what would you rate it? Like what do you think is an accurate yeah. rating for this show? I I would give it a little bit higher. Like I think that was like a 90, 95 for me. Like I I I, I really like the show. I think I kind of am planning on rewatching it in a few weeks as well from start to finish. And I never do that with shows, but like now that it's all mm. out and it's definitely one of those shows like with game of Thrones where, where the seasons are so far apart, you want to remember what happened previously. You kind of like yeah. binge the pre at least the previous season to kind of get back on the footing. And then maybe again, you refresh yourself with the current season when you get close to the end and i told myself i was going to do that with this season finale but whatever i'm definitely going to rewatch them and um yeah so it, it's a good show i think okay I, I can generally agree with that i think i would put it at probably like uh probably somewhere between an 8.7 to a pretty solid nine um and i i just think that if anything that it could improve on would simply just be the pacing a little early on uh in a season that could maybe change slightly but aside from that that. i really did like almost every part of this show i thought it was truly entertaining from start to finish and like the reason why i rated a little lower than than you might have is the exact same complaints that i would have if i was rating either the Hobbit or the Lord of the Rings movies right now. And that's, that's just tied to everything to do with this IP. Like even the books are notoriously bad for dragging the fuck on for no reason. Oh yeah. So like my complaints with this show are the same complaints that I've had with this franchise forever. And it, it takes nothing away from it. The development and the potentially overdevelopment in certain instances does sometimes do this uh this world a lot of justice because it is as deep as that extra uh like couple scenes kind of requires it to be it might seem like it drags on but there's always something that you can find in those scenes that drag on where you might learn something new just about the world that doesn't apply to the story but is just a cool little like easter egg to catch on to yeah um and i i think again that like this final episode was absolutely fantastic this was probably one of my favorites uh episodes of anything that i've seen in the last little while uh especially like looking at it as a standalone rather than the show as a whole i would give this final episode probably pretty close to a 10 but the show as a whole i think is deserving of something around a pretty solid nine all right all right uh alex nine nine all right yeah i mean i'm I'm sure we'll get your full take once you've seen it and see how things play out for yourself yeah yeah i mean as the stance right now like it's a nine Uh, not much in this show has disappointed me at all 
maybe when it was like a touch slow at the start in the beginning, but apart from that, like no real, no real yeah. nothing. I will say, yeah. the sh I feel the show was very consistent with its quality once it got to the latter half of the season. Like it definitely, I think I remember us discussing by the time we got to like episode four, the, the halfway kind of point. I personally felt like it was up and down. Like one episode was really boring. The next episode was exciting. And then it kind of like fluctuated like that. And once we got to episode five and after, I'm pretty sure it was all like uphill from there. So I, I hope that they can, that, yeah. I hope that they can maintain that going into season two. And I wonder how long we're going to have to wait if this is like a big budget show like it is. So probably still a year, but. I'm kind of hoping it's less. Yeah, I mean, I doubt it'll be less. I'm actually thinking it'll be more, but I, I hope that yeah. uh, that we get it sooner. I'm thinking but, more along the timeline of, like, Invincible. Yeah, and the other thing, too, is that at least the main characters aren't mainly children. Like, the only one is the Harfoot girl, because if... Because sometimes shows like this, when they have a big hiatus, people age really quickly in between seasons. And then they have, like, voice cracks because they're going through puberty. But I wonder if the actress for Nori is actually, like, 22 or something and just looks young. And she I guess... Yeah, okay. And then Theo is <laughs> the only other one okay. that comes to mind that is actually, like, a young person. But probably as well, already, like, 18. So... Yeah, I, I don't probably. know. Just random thought. I don't think they're going to have that issue. I hope not. And even if they do, I feel like it, it wouldn't be too bad to just recast after only one season. It's like kind of after that point when you're two, three seasons deep in a show that people kind of get attached to actors yeah. playing certain characters. That's true. But I really hope there's no Game of Thrones level recasts like... Yeah. yeah, I hope they stick to the cast that they have. I really like everybody in their roles, and especially just, like, visually, everybody seems to fit their role very well, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But um, I really don't have anything else to say on uh, Rings yeah. of Power. I think we very adequately covered that, Ollie. I, I, I enjoyed yeah. that discussion, yeah, as lengthy too. as it was. I was, I was going to say, if we're ready to talk about another show that got an 80 85 86 percent on rotten tomatoes that doesn't quite deserve it that also had a season finale <laughs> did it actually you know what yeah intro got... us in ollie take us in you you tell us about this because i did not know that it scored this high critically <laughs> yeah dude it's uh 87. it's one of the 87 <laughs> holy fuck yeah it's, it's one of those things where it's like what how how can you objectively say that like rings of power is like an 85 and then this show is an 87 and i'm talking about she hulk just to clarify like like i i don't get that it's part of the reason why i hate looking at like reviews like a lot of people say oh when it comes to reviews just follow somebody that aligns with what you generally like and it'll reflect and you'll actually like what they kind of recommend but I feel like Rotten Tomatoes, I don't know, I guess it got popular because they kind of built themselves in with IMDb and they're very involved in like the Hollywood and international film scene in rating movies. But I've always kind of found their rating system, at least recently, to be very all over the place. Anyways, She-Hulk absolutely does not deserve an 87. 
like <laughs> in i don't know if we want to start talking about where we stop talking about this show or if we just oh, want to start talking no. already about just, what just talk about it yeah, yeah okay. as far as i'm concerned like let's only talk about any actual important events which almost yeah. exclusively so, reside around the final episode so basically for anybody listening the entire plot of this show um you can get away if you really wanted to just watch a few episodes of she hulk is the first the eighth and the ninth episode because it's only the recent two yeah. episodes that really like got somewhere with the story that episode one kind of started um and like fuck even then like a lot of it is just garbage and they did this fourth this major fourth wall break in the season finale where she actually comes out of her own netflix like like it gets to the climax where like all the villains are in the same room together of intelligentsia you know there's um there's abomination there's the fucking guy she took to court um in the later half of the season and um and then bruce starts showing up and and starts fighting abomination and then she's like whoa 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 whoa, whoa. wait um i i don't i don't like this and then she like breaks out of it it goes back to the netflix main menu she breaks out of her she hulk show disney plus disney plus whatever uh swings into the um the behind the scenes show i can't remember what it's called um it's like the making of all the Marvel shit and whatever. Mm. And then she mm. goes and talks to like the writing room and is on like the Disney campus or whatever. And then starts talking about why her show is like garbage essentially. And I thought they were going to do something where like it was so meta and like it was going to be a joke about writers who, um, and they even say, uh, and mention everyone's complaint about the marvel universe about how it's all just comedy and like garbage and drivel at this point and like nothing is interesting anymore and i was like oh wow are they actually going to like make this whole she hulk show a point to be like yeah fuck you you thought we were going this way with it but we actually weren't here's an actual like 30 minutes of like good marvel contents to f- to finish it off and no they fucking doubled down on She-Hulk being this, like, oh, there was no end fight. They just kind of, like, reset that, and she just sued everyone and won. And now she's just She-Hulk the lawyer again, but she lost her job again. And <laughs> I don't know. It's just, like, the, the show is just garbage. And the only real thing going forward in the MCU that they um did anything with was daredevil and hulk and hulk i don't know you probably already have seen many of the memes i might even text the group chat right now one of the memes that i found that i found kind of funny um but like they revealed scar hulk's son and that was the whole reason he was going to sakar mm-hmm. and it was just like an not even a- end credit it was like end of episode thing where yeah it was like the very last thing that happened yeah where i guess matt murdoch is now dating she hulk and he's there too and then hulk is like hey i want you to introduce you to somebody this is scar my son and he's just this like cgi like i don't know surfer looking dude and (laughs) like that's green and yeah and like that's it and 
I don't know. I think the only thing I really want to talk about with She-Hulk is like what they did to Daredevil, because I think that's the only worthwhile conversation to have about the show. <laughs> but overall, there's nine. Oh, episodes I know of Alex wants to talk about something. Yo, do you? Let's hear it. I just, <clears throat> I don't know what direction this show was supposed to take, and I really feel like it was very confused on what it wanted to be. Um, It starts off with many times Jen looking at the camera in the fourth wall break, talking about lawyer show. Well, it didn't really turn out to be much of a lawyer show. And to be fair, she didn't really turn out to be much of a fucking lawyer either. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, like deputy district attorney is a pretty, pretty good title and all on paper, I suppose in this instance. Um, but in practicality and in practice, she was a shit lawyer, like 100% a garbage lawyer. You know, I make the joke that her assistant was a better lawyer than she was and her assistant's just a fucking clerk. Yeah. And that's, and that's ridiculous. Like absolutely. That is the worst part about this show is that they purposefully seemingly make every other lawyer better at their job than her. Because we see a couple other trials with other lawyers where she yeah. just isn't involved at all. Except for Pug, I guess. Like, did we ever really see him in court or anything? Yeah, well, he was the one that was uh, um, in, like, the first, one of the first court cases with the, that one, like, blonde lawyer guy that was really fucking full of himself. And then the trends oh. forming, like, as guardian. Yeah, that's right. Thing. That's right. That was yeah. actually a funny scene. Yeah. But like, like every other lawyer is better than her. Yeah, seriously. And they um, they seemingly intentionally write it that way, which is ridiculous. Like, I don't know this <laughs> this whole this whole show has been. It started off on a high note, started pretty strong. I was very much for it, and the second episode wasn't as good as the first, and then it just started to slowly drop downhill. And I don't yeah. get it. Like, I don't understand. Like, where did you lose the momentum? I and, and why did you want to write it this way? Instead of creating a show based around someone who's supposed to be a strong, independent woman, you pretty much drug her through the mud. Yeah. And, you know, Ryan and I were talking about this earlier today, and he made a point to say that this was written like some kind of high school teen drama. And it was. Yeah. It's it was a CW ridiculous. Show. It they, is. It, I wouldn't even. <laughs> the CW shows have better yeah. fucking shit. Yeah. On. This was not that. Um, this was like the the fact that she spent so much time throughout the episodes pining after men and being this lonely, insecure, entirely, completely vulnerable woman, like this meek, meager, weak-willed woman, drove me insane. Yeah. She's a fucking lawyer. She is the fucking deputy district attorney. That takes confidence and 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 class above anything else. And yet she was just some frail little thing. And that bothered the hell out of me. And you do stupid shit where like the, the episode where she has all the guys on trial. Or not on trial, but in court. Uh, when she was trying to reclaim the name She-Hulk, 
and it was like this fucking stupid walk of shame through all of her embarrassing dates. Mm. You know, she spent half an entire fucking episode pining over that uh, that doctor who I called was a plant and was a plant. Yeah. Um, constantly like looking at her phone and like just obsessed. Yep. And I'm like, you are so much better than that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> why? Why did they choose to write you so completely yeah. weak and codependent? Mm-hmm. I, and that's yep. what frustrates me the most. Is you know, they, they one couldn't pick a fucking genre. Two, <laughs> try to portray a strong woman as anything but that. And then three, they, 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 you look at this finale and all of a sudden she's got fucking swagger in her step talking to Kevin the robot about she's a Hulk. And that's what Hulks do. They smash things, whether it's stuff or bad written stories. And then she turns to the camera and goes and sometimes Matt Murdock with like this swagger in her step. Where the fuck was all of that in the beginning episodes? Seriously. Now all of a sudden you got some swag in your step? Bitch, please. This is what I've noticed with the show is that they tried so many things with this character. They try and and none of it pans out. They don't ever commit to it and they just keep yeah, like I agree. They they didn't know their demographic. They didn't know the tone of the show they're trying to go for whether it was like I don't know, like a wholesome, inspiring thing or like a comedy or like what the fuck it, ever it was. And by the time you finish the show, you're left wondering, like, what was the point of that? Like, I right. get that it's MCU and Marvel and it, it for some reason, it was the one show that connected more of the fucking properties than like any of the other ones. Yet at the same time, it did the worst job at making it feel like it was a worthwhile investment in the MCU. And... I'm left thinking, like, my final thoughts on this show are basically they could have had this uh, Jennifer Walters character show up as a cameo the way they had Matt Murdock show up in Spider-Man. And that would have been enough for this character because I don't think this character, at least the way they planned it, is good for the silver screen or even our fucking TV as a TV show. I don't think... I think they were 100% grasping at straws when they selected this character. They um, they pretty much said one of the gripes that people had in um, with the MCU lately in that last episode when she was talking to the robot Kevin and being like, um, oh, everyone always criticizes the MCU about like not being, you know, um, I can't remember the exact wording, but it was basically the same sentiment of people's issues with the MCU where it's just not unique enough. It's just drivel at this point. Nothing. Yeah. Like all the storylines are the yeah, same. Yeah. And she was like, well, I don't need a big fight, a big climax to be a good show or whatever. Like, yes, you, know you do. Yeah, you do. Like, this is the one thing where you do. It's a fucking superhero show. Maybe like be a superhero. Like, I don't want to see a lawyer bullshit. That could be any other show. I'll go watch better call Saul for that. That's like, what the fuck is this? Right. Um, but anyways, like what I'm left thinking is that like they should not have done this. They 100% were also mixing that criticism with the one about how the MCU has no strong female leads. 
because you had Black Widow and you bungled that one because you didn't give her any kind of story or solo movies before her character died. And then, like, who else is there? You just had Valkyrie and Gwyneth Paltrow, who I'm sure they want to cut ties with, like, so quickly, if they could. <laughs> um, and, like, I guess now with Wakanda Forever, we're going to have Shuri end up being Black Panther. But we don't know yet, but we don't know yet but she's in she's in the center of the poster like right behind the black panther suit so i'm just assuming that they're that's what they're going with um but uh like they 100 percent are just like it just all feels like old white dudes writing a feminist character and it's i don't know it's just you shouldn't have done it like you should have trashed this in 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 like the pre-production phase and just gone with something <laughs> the else. The worst part is the head writer is a woman. Yeah. I I honestly am not surprised because if they had a strong female lead movie or whatever, it would have to be like Wonder Woman where, you know, the writer and director had to be a woman. Um yeah. Um just because I think they all I think Disney just wanted like the brownie points for diversity and that's the only reason the show got greenlit because they were like oh wow that's unique that's different she's gonna stand out because she's not just beating people up no one wants to see that with superheroes clearly honestly and like even even like miss marvel's show did it a lot better where the characters had far more intelligent dialogue like infinitely more intelligent than this show yeah. Because at least they weren't just trying to shoehorn some dumbass cookie cutter fucking joke at the end of every line. Yeah. And like I mean, it even... truly ruined every actual like genuine moment in She-Hulk because yeah. they did absolutely nothing to try and make the characters seem personable. They just wanted everybody to be cracking jokes 100%. Exactly. Of the time. Like all the, all the villains or, the plot lines they've had in every episode have been so fucking lame. Like th- the episode where they have Emil Blons- Blomsky running his, like, um, what did they call that? Like it was a like rehab a retreat kind of thing, a yeah. rehab thing. I was just like, this is so fucking lame. Like one thing I forgot to mention when I was rewatching the incredible Hulk with Edward Norton was that Emil Blomsky's whole character's, um drive and motivation was that he wanted to be the biggest the baddest the strongest thing to take on the hulk that's why he forced the leader to inject him with the hulk's blood and make him into abomination and you can explain all that away with his time incarcerated i guess you could but at the same time like i don't know i guess it's the same way they had thor right because for millennia he was like that badass like you know guy he was in thor one and two and then thor ragnarok and then they're just like in a short span they make him this like comedic character you know the Um, difference with thor is that like he kind of was like that in his younger years in the comics as well like prior to the odin sleep like he was he was basically by no rights worthy of his father's throne and we see that yeah. all like conclude more or less in the yeah, events of the was, first couple of Thor movies. Because he was essentially supposed to represent like the spoiled rich kid that had a little bit too much power. 
like quite right but we only see that side of his character in three and four because he is exactly like yeah he's a little goofy and kind of dumb in the first two movies but he's far more humble uh loyal to his comrades and at least like thinks as if he was a king like and and they what is the impact of this decision yeah and they can thank taika waititi for seeing the potential in that character and and getting him there and they fucking bungled that um but yeah it's just like oh man i don't even i don't even know like with with the villains they had so they had that shape-shifting woman that was probably like the funniest one actually that she just fucked with pug a lot um and then they had like leapfrog near the end with the daredevil episode and that was just like a complete joke like they 100 percent just had this guy leapfrog just to like riff on his stupid costume and like i think they called him like guard frog at the beginning of the episode like one like he called himself that guard frog but like Mm -hmm. he was credited in all the promos as leapfrog i guess so that is his actual name yeah um, he referred to himself as a guard frog not a guard dog yeah guard frog is what i said yeah no no that's what i'm saying that's, oh. that's that was the intention instead of guard dog he was yeah a guard yeah frog. yeah okay anyways um and and then like just bringing daredevil into the show too i thought was a really like what they did with his character i don't 100 percent agree with it and now i'm very skeptical going forward with the born again tv show especially since it's what is it like 18 episodes and I'm getting yeah. major CW vibes from him, especially if he's mm-hmm. just going to be like dating She-Hulk now. Um, I kind of, I'm kind of worried that going forward, his show will just be an extension of the She-Hulk kind of thing, but they'll try to blend it with his like more noir three seasons. And like, I don't know. I'm just worried that they're not going to do <laughs> like, his character justice going okay. forward. Okay, so what if they do it like they split episodes down the middle and like we see every night he goes out and he does all of his like vigilante shit and like it's always like uh like at the level of the netflix show where there is actual emotion behind it and cause and he is like what he's doing is because what he believes uh is what is what's good and all of this and then he comes home for the rest of the half of the episode and it's all just fucking corny ass jokes like just well, whatever this she-hulk show and, was put into that and sure that's they, a that's they, a scary thought and sure they could do that without the fourth wall breaking but the thing is that i don't know if they're going to explain this in the show or they're going to drop it is in when he scaled the fucking building and was like running away he was like running pretty fast it seemed like he had superpowers and i thought what they set up in his show was that all he had was the world on fire kind of view of the world and kick-ass martial arts skills and he was a brawler a street brawler like that hallway scene in season one was like peak daredevil and Mm -hmm. when when they had him like jump down from that um parkade building i was like where is that coming from like he can't do that he scales down like ladders on the sides of buildings or like the emergency escapes whatever 
Like, I don't know. I just, like, they're throwing him, like, powers all of a sudden. And I just, I don't know. I think it's too casual of a jump to that. And I think that, like, ruined the vibe for me. And then when they ended the episode with him fucking sleeping with She-Hulk and then having a walk of shame in his daredevil costume i was like this is peak garbage like they took a character they took a character that was just amazing like season three people weren't such a big fan of because there were like three storylines in it but it was still good and seasons one and two of daredevil were awesome um i especially loved season one of daredevil and I was really looking forward to Daredevil being in the MCU, but I'm just scared now. Like, I don't think <laughs> we're ever going to get back to, like, good. And I don't think these MCU TV shows are going to go for any demographic other than children who want to get involved in the MCU and their parents need to put something on the TV. And at least it's MCU stuff that they like. So, you know, they're they're more likely to put that on than the fucking rescue heroes or whatever dog version they have now going on yeah like fuck. i get what you're saying i didn't have as much of an issue with him being as uh, acrobatic i i suppose as he was um i do think that it looked a little fucking weird because the everything in this bad. show looks a little fucking weird when, when yeah when he landed and then like did a double take when she hulk landed in front of him like that it was it was like dc the flash level bad like cgi like damn yeah i i agree that it did not look very good but i hope that they do a little bit more in uh like work to make it look better because i i think if they if they did make it look a little more real i don't think you would have as much of a problem with it as what you had or at least like if it was used in the right application like uh I don't know. Like if they had a, a similar type of hallway kind of scene, like fight scene in this episode, but they showed off the more acrobatic parts of, uh, of the MCU daredevil. I, I think that it would have maybe come across differently. Um, but I, I can see like where your perspective is on this. It's definitely a, a very different, seemingly uh, different character than, what we had previously gotten from what I hear their intention is to not like redo all of it, but apparently they're doing over some things that happened in the Netflix show and like oh redoing God. it for daredevil born again. No, really? So they're going to have like his origin story again or something. I don't know. I'm not sure what exactly like all of this entails, but I... from what I hear, their plan is to, is to basically like remaster events that happened or something. Okay. So the the two things I'd be okay with with that is if they did a do-over of the Defenders series, like the team-up show, and maybe a little bit of uh the Bullseye stuff that they like like did they hint at Bullseye or they straight up had Bullseye? I can't remember. I'm like trying to separate it from my and like the, the old ben affleck like movie. ben affleck uh no, no, no. he was the he was they, the villain in the ben affleck movie bullseye. he was the villain in the ben affleck movie but they had bullseye like as King like a ben. police sniper in like season three of daredevil but they never they like 
left it on like a cliffhanger or like hinted at him being in like in the future more involved oh okay or no he was actually like he had like a oh fuck it's been so long since i've seen this show i swear to god he had like actual lines and it was like some actor that like played him and everything i i don't know there were theories and whatever but um or Mm. they could redo the punisher because that was kind of a weird season where it was like half punisher half daredevil and that's kind of what people didn't like from what i remember and Mm. it's been too long since i've seen it but i think i remember also feeling like i didn't get enough daredevil in that um but yeah anyways um i i i have one last gripe with the daredevil thing and that is i don't know if people are going to talk about this at all or if it's just it's definitely just like some little gripe i have but i'm curious if you guys picked up on it is his helmet is shaped differently than the one that they have (laughs) in the tv show and his face I don't know if you if you guys want to look up a photo of his red helmet from the end of season one and what he wears going forward is it, it kind of like bends inward and has like a kind of crease around his nose and eyes so that the horns kind of like protrude out more on his forehead. And he kind of looks more like Batman here where the the nose and the eyes are very like flush and parallel with the face instead of coming off at like a little bit of a 10 degree angle and i don't know it just it it cheapens his costume for me to be honest it makes him look more like he's cosplaying and i don't know it's just kind of a a, like a minor gripe that i have and i think they also Hmm. gave him lenses in the helmet and i don't know if he necessarily had that um in his show he did he did. I thought okay. they were like, yeah, I thought they were red lenses in the show. Um, also, there really isn't much, too much difference from what I'm seeing in comparison from the other mask to this one. Aside yeah, from like other, I think you can kind of. Accents. Really? It just I... looks like there's slightly more of a curve upwards from the top angle, but like, well, like from a eyes... front on angle, it doesn't look as different. It, like it's it's his eye area like it, he has more of like a like a cleft i guess like around where his nose is in the daredevil tv series and this one his nose is more like prominent on the suit and i don't know it just and the the way his eyebrows are shaped too it's not like pointy like it is in the show i think his suit in the show makes him look way more like scarier and i like that the horns are like forward a lot more and i just think they like made his helmet too sleek and his eyes just look more like bug-eyed instead of like i don't know like his eyes were more hooded in the other costume and hidden and now they're prominent and they're big i don't know i don't know i just think his helmet is just like not great and they they should have gone with the previous design, just changed the colors a little bit. Because I think they hmm. made him go from looking like Batman essentially to um, uh, like Superman. Like it's just it's too brightened up. Oh, that's not even. Yeah, that's not even the the 
the helmet that I'm talking about. That's, I think, the helmet he got at the end of Season 1, and he gets a better helmet later on. I will link the one that I'm talking about. Or just screenshot it and share it in the chat. Anyway. Yeah. Anyways, just, I don't know. I don't like the design they went with with the helmet. Like, that's the helmet mm. that the design is way better on. Like, you can see his eyes are a lot more hidden. And looking at his yellow helmet, it just looks like he's cosplaying. I don't know. I just don't think it has the same kind of, like, effect that. Sure, but also keep in mind that this helmet and suit were made by somebody else. Yeah, that's Not true. Not that guy that lives in a garage or wherever he was. Which I have gripes in and of itself that there's like a whole market for superhero suits in the MCU all of a sudden. I'm very curious going forward if they will ever allude to um, just how populated with superpowered people the, the world is. Like with... Um, who was that guy who had all the mistresses and the wives? Like Mr. Immortal or something was his name. Oh, yeah. The guy that was like pretending to kill himself to get it out of uh, relationships. Yeah, he's a mutant technically. In in like the comics, like he's a mutant. I'm pretty sure is the thing. So now they're like casually dropping like mutants. And what is Titania? Like what's her background? Is she a mutant too? Or is she just like someone who got Super Soldier Serum as well in a different way? Uh, like kind of I don't do even know. In an earlier episode, actually. Yeah, I, I felt like we did, but she's such a forgettable character that I don't care for. <laughs> That's yeah. another thing too is they didn't even really. Titania is like She Hulk's fucking nemesis, and all they did was have a shitty fight. At the wedding in that one episode, which ended poorly. Yeah. Uh, and then they had a courtroom battle, which was also stupid, over the name fucking She-Hulk. And I don't know what irks me more. Mary McFerrin is what Titania's alter ego uh, name is. Um... One second. It's not really saying how she got her powers. Um, Dr. Do? Dr. Doom. Oh, okay. <laughs> wow. If I'm getting this correctly. Wow. Yeah, I don't know. I just, like, it's cool that they did all that and, like, just casually introduced other, like, powered people in the MCU. But at the same time, we've had no precedence for this. As far as we know, it's pretty much like the Avengers or the guardians of the galaxy and people in space there's no like other just casual casual people walking around in the mcu um 
Like, they just haven't set up that much of a precedence for it. Like, there's obviously been, like, hints that these people exist out there, but they've always been, like, big deal MCU characters that will eventually get a movie, and there's been nothing to say that it's, like, um, I don't know, every other person you meet on the street could be that, and I feel like that's the vibe they gave with Titania and how everyone's so mm -hmm. casual that she's just, like, a super-powered person that's, like, an influencer on YouTube. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I, I think that this show happened, like, especially for these specific things, like, just having these, uh, not metahumans, that's not the word for Marvel, but, like, super-powered people Everest. everywhere. Um, this, like, to me, there's no reason that this should have happened any time before the events of an X-Men movie, where we actually see law placed upon people with powers. Like, to me, that makes perfect sense to start having all of these people then come out of the woodwork, potentially need law-related help, um, or even just, like, governmental and societal-related issues um, of the enforcement of said laws. But, like, why are we seeing basically the effects of that happening in this show, which is long before we have a proper introduction to actual mutant society. Yeah. Like these are all things that should have happened at the point of the government basically trying to outlaw mutants and the, the things that happen at the beginning of the first X-Men movie, this show and all of like these mutant type characters that we meet throughout it should be a direct cause of something like that. Not just like, I don't know, randomly existing the way that they currently are with no explanation whatsoever. I'm sure we'll it, get an explanation. Yeah, I'm sure we will, but it just seems weird that they decide to storyboard things in the sense of show it now, explain it later. <laughs> like, it, it just, it, it, that's nonsensical to me when we're looking at yeah. a comic book as our source material. Yeah, I got nothing. But I like honestly, man, I fucking hated this show from start yeah. to fucking finish. I despised this show. This yeah. is like they did nothing right as far as I'm concerned. They didn't do a, a they didn't do a good comedy show. They didn't do a good drama show. They didn't do a good law show. And they certainly didn't do a good Marvel show. And like all of these add up together to make one of the worst fucking abominations of a TV show I have ever seen in my life. There wasn't a single likable character except for maybe Matt Murdock and like two of the scenes that he's in throughout the course of the two episodes he takes uh, a minor role in. They ruined all the other characters that I liked before. I absolutely hated the way that Emil turned out. You can obviously argue the point that, like, yes, this might be how he actually turns out. It doesn't change the fact that I fucking hated it. Um, I thought their little fucking carpet pull at the end of this episode with, you know, we finally see the story unravel and, like, this is the guy that's behind it and uh, Abomination is lightly involved, but we actually get to see the very beginning of a rematch between hulk and abomination which oh people have been begging for for decades and yeah. they throw a single punch at each other and it's immediately cut off by a fucking fourth wall break like yeah. nothing about this show 
was good to me. Not a single yeah. thing. And the, the fact that it has an 87%, it, that, is that a fan score or is that a critic score? That's a critic score. Critic score. Okay. The fact that it's a critic score, I think, gives it a little like more reason why it's scored that way. Because there's no way the fan score is even close to that. I don't well, even I think don't, that it would scratch I am, 60. I am scrolling through the Marvel Studios subreddit right now, and I'm actually like skimming through the um, Season 1, Episode 9 discussion thread on Reddit. Okay. And everyone is positive. Like This is a surprise. Reddit is usually a very toxic cesspool. Wow. But a lot of people are like quoting things and being like, that was a great line. Or they're like, oh, thanks. I'll take more Daredevil. And I'm just like, what the fuck happened? Like, I remember when fucking Reddit <laughs> fans you, of MCU were know criticizing what everything. Is? What is the audience What's score? What's the audience so, score? So the, the tomato meter, the critic score is 87. The audience uh-huh. score, 35%. Yeah. Yes, sir. That's more like it. That's what like, we like to see. Accurate representation. I mean, look, I like the accurate representation. I don't necessarily like to see that this this show did as absolutely terrible as it did. I do. I'm happy that other people feel the same way we do because they're no, never no. going to get any better if this continues that's, to that's slide. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is I'm upset that this show turned out the way it did. Yeah. Mm. I um, expected so much more for this. I thought She-Hulk was going to be pretty well, fucking awesome. And it didn't. It, it underdelivered. Yeah, like, okay, from what I'm gathering is people really like this show that it stayed really true to the comic book character. Like, apparently in the comics, there's so many examples where she literally tears down the fourth wall and talks to, like, the comic book writers and everything like that. And that's fine. And that's great, sure. But it still lacks execution, right? So, um, like, and and the other thing that I, I don't like about this show, like, and I feel like we keep going back to this, is the fact that they keep, um like introducing things and then just like dropping it like they built through so many episodes like little things like oh the guy's always trying to steal their blood like intelligentsia is trying to steal her blood and then at the end you just get that hulked out fucking dude and i get that the fourth wall break kind of explained that and she's like i don't need a villain who's just another hulk or whatever well you know uh you you have titania but um it, it was just like i thought the whole point in episode one that they set the precedent of is that you need certain dna to be able to like control the gamma radiation to even be a fucking hulk and then they like and then they kind of forgot about that and they still gave this guy hulk powers even just for that joke that the villain is always just the same thing as them and i guess they were doing that with like they were having a meta joke with that and like abomination is basically just Bro. hulk but like, they did the Hawkeye watch on purpose this time. Yeah, that's like that's what you're yeah. saying to me. They purposefully yeah. turned her blood into a red herring because they could. Because they could. Because, yeah, like it's just fucking garbage. And then not to mention the. Oh, whole that makes me fucking angry. Oh my god, <laughs> you're right. But holy shit, that I fucking hate that. And and the whole oh. vibe I got as well in that last episode with Abomination being there, I felt like he kind of got the shit end of the stick because the vibe I got from Abomination was he invited Intelligentsia to have their thing there because he was the person to talk down people from their you know extremist views and violent ways and he didn't even get to like say that and i feel like that's what they were going with but then they just ended the episode with like abomination bad and i was like 
wow, like, what the fuck are you trying to, like, go with here? I feel like they try to say so many things in each episode, and then they, like, throw in a fourth wall break or a joke, and then they just forget about it. So going (laughs) forward, I feel like She-Hulk is just not even canon. Like, the only thing that might be canon is that Daredevil is back in the MCU, but we already got that from Spider-Man, and that Scar is the son of Hulk, but I would really have liked to figure out, like, who the mom is and, like, what the storyline is with that. Why are they even bringing in that character? Um, One of the main gripes I have with comic book stories is when they do, like, families, and they're all just like, oh, there's... I, I get like Batman, he's had like four Robins and then he ends up having like Batwoman, Batgirl, and then there's um Tim Drake, Batman Beyond, and you know, there's Red Hood and a Damian Wayne and Nightwing and whatever. That kind of makes a little bit of sense. I can get past that. But when you have like Superman and he's got like the S- Superman family where there's so oh, many like, like the Superman super dog. Now, yeah, and, like, crypto, and you get into all that shit, and, like, that bugs the fuck out of me. Like, I hate... It's almost like nepotism. It's like, can you not come up with an original character? You just have to be like, oh, the sun is also a hero. Like, the Flash is the worst for this, I feel, because every child he has is also another Flash or some other speedster. And it just goes down in the generations, and there's a lot of time travel involved, and they overlap a lot. And like, it's just. I mean, in a lot of cases, not even his kids. It's like any kids that have any kind of like consistent contact with him. Yeah, or just like every uh, single one of his villains are other speedsters, at least in the show, (laughs) where it's like, I'm the fastest man alive, but wait, there's this guy now. And like, I I don't want them to introduce Hulk's son for him just to take the mantle of Hulk because I thought that's what Jennifer Walters was supposed to be, but clearly she's not. And I don't know what the fuck they're doing with the Hulk characters and the Hulk storyline. Like, Scar being there definitely, you know, you know, aligns with our whole World War Hulk, Planet Hulk kind of conversation we've had before sure, but you don't introduce that character like, like that. <laughs> oh hey by the way i'll explain to you where i've been for the last little bit but uh yeah this is my son and then you're yeah. like wait what this is this is like some beverly hills fucking chihuahua shit where you have a cute <laughs> movie about dogs that fall in love and then at the end of the movie it ends with them having 10 puppies and it's all happy and it's a family movie and shit that's what this is it's like, yeah, hey, family reunion, by the way, I have a son. Aha, uh-huh, happy vibes. Like, what is that? Like, what garbage is this? So I'm, and not to mention, like, yeah, like, they, they don't need to keep doing this. Like, please give me interesting characters. Like, give me Blade, give me um, whatever Kit Harrington's character is again, the Black Knight. Like, don't give me Hulk Jr. Don't give me She-Hulk, you know, like, I don't know. Like, at the same time, like, She-Hulk could have been a Hulk, and she talks about smashing things, and she is She-Hulk, but they really don't make her relatable. They don't ever make me feel like she truly knows or thinks that she's Hulk. She's just all of a sudden very comfortable in her skin as She-Hulk, and that's her and who she's always been yet they at the beginning of the show made it very clear that she hated being that so 
just very questionable like storylines and plot lines throughout the entire show the motivations don't make sense yeah like i kind of agree with brian it was a very frustrating show yeah i mean that's why i didn't watch it like weekly no as uh, episodes were releasing i had to put it down after the fifth episode because it like there was just so there was so little that was happening and so little of that very little that was going on was even remotely good yeah and, uh, like uh, as i've stated before i'm very i'm very open to the fact that my strong opinions on this show might be because i just genuinely don't like comedy type shows oh but i forgot this about that yeah had a lot of other things that were actively see, working against it if... in my opinion like i've already outlined if the way you see comedy shows is the way that She-Hulk did comedy, I totally fucking agree with you. If you have just a knack for seeing bullshit like that, I'm going to listen to you when you say comedy shows are bullshit. Because, <laughs> like, goddamn. But. Yeah, I really... I mean, like, some of them aren't bad. Like, I do like some comedy shows, but it, it depends on it depends on the characters more than anything. Like, you can have funny characters, but they don't need to not be developed as a as a direct consequence of being funny. Like that's not how characters or people work. So why do we do this for the entirety of She-Hulk? Right. Yeah. I just, I don't get it. It's really, I, I feel like it's not that hard to write a character that's remotely relatable and has a little bit of uh especially in the way of superhero stories is not that hard to write a relatable hero type character that follows the typical hero story. But we've seen that we can throw comedy in there and have it work in cases like Thor. And even some of the cases that, uh, that happened in Miss Marvel, I found that some of their conversations were actually very entertaining, enjoyable, and comedic. Yeah. But again, they were, as children, they were 10 times more intelligent than any conversation that happened in this show. Huh. But my, my straight up, like... I'm just gonna I'm just gonna give it to you guys because I give this show a solid two. Like that Whoa, is I I do high. I that's pretty fucking high. <laughs> uh, yeah, I suppose. I suppose. I might be I might be being generous because I am biased. So I'm yeah, giving it a I, couple extra brownie points. Because I'm sure there is some redeeming factors and like I do like that they introduced Scar that I, I just like that it's a cool event that happened. But yeah. having one cool event over the course of nine episodes yeah, is absolutely exactly. like inexcusable. That's why me. I said the only like redeeming thing for the MCU is the introduction of Scar. How they did it is, you know, shitty, but hopefully going forward they do it right. And yeah. um I'm actually reading some of these comments and a lot of people are thinking that at this point a Hulk movie is all but confirmed because of the events of this show. And I'm like, I didn't get vibes like that at all. Just because they're introducing Scar, I don't think we're going to get like a Hulk movie. Um, but somebody pointed out that apparently Universal Studios still owns distribution rights to Hulk. So if they wanted to make a Hulk-centered movie, they would have to cut the pie with Universal Studios. And apparently the rights revert in 2023 so that marvel will own all of hulk again so people are thinking that one mm. of those unnamed movies that are coming out in the mcu in like 2025 or whatever 2026 is going to be a hulk movie 
and you know maybe they're right but i kind of feel like the way they took the character is i don't really i don't know i want a planet hulk world war hulk kind of movie but i don't know how they're going to get from this hulk to that hulk and yeah they, i just don't feel confident in that either i wonder if they'll do that with scar i wonder if they do do it scar is going to be that and he's going to be like an angsty teenager that just gets angry and angrier or something like that <laughs> oh um, god what i don't even know i'm so like i i'm uh, i want to move past this fucking this phase yeah. to be totally honest i'm well, so over all of this garbage like just going nothing off. has been good about it aside yeah. from one or two things like uh, movies mostly yeah i have um uh i i wanted to bring up did you guys hear about the not really a delay but the release dates got changed for a few of the marvel movies did you guys hear about that yeah yeah yeah, so now the Avengers movies are a year apart again, just like Infinity War and Endgame. Um, and instead of like, what was it, like three, four months? Um, but also Namor technically falls under Universal Studios as well. But um, with them being in a different person's movie, they can do that. It's just if they give their own movie. Apparently that's when the distribution rights has to go to Universal Studios. Um, but... Aww. Overall, with She-Hulk, I give this show a fat fucking negative one. Like, <laughs> just get the fuck off. I don't know. Like, just, I'm, I I regret spending the time with this. And <laughs> I, I know we've talked about our shittiest Marvel projects to date. And for me, I think it was... Um, black widow but this definitely takes the cake now as that number one shittiest marvel property mm -hmm. project Agreed. whatever um yeah that's just that's it uh alex what do you rate this <clears throat> i'm uh i'm with ryan it's a two a two whoa well on a real scale of one to ten yeah two you get two points because you capt captivated me in the beginning. And then you also introduced Matt Murdock. And despite the weird shit they did with him in three different frames, I still like seeing his character. I still like uh, that development. Mm -hmm. But apart from that, yeah, this show was not great at all. And it saddens me because Marvel... And the writers at Marvel are capable of so much better. Yeah. Yep. But and unfortunately, if you guys have seen Werewolf at Night, the the oh, Halloween special that they did, it is was... infinitely better yeah, in like every possible say, way. That was actually but it's really also still good. a comedy. Yeah, that was really well done. Actually, I'm very interested to see if that has any ramifications going forward, or if they're just doing uh, stories within the MCU kind of thing. You know. I hope that they continue with like this similar style of project, even if they use that as a new means to introduce characters rather than giving them their own boring ass TV shows. Well, but well, I think whole... that we should uh, save this topic for once Alex yeah. is uh, seeing the movie, because I, I truly think that it does lend to a, a bigger discussion about character introductions. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, we didn't even get into Andor. Um, That's okay. Yeah. No. Um, I, I like just to say about the MCU with the great writers and great potential, 
I'm worried that they're starting to see like major burnout and franchise fatigue, even within the production, because like you'll hear every now and then about stories about like what recently happened with like the director of a blade leaving. And I don't think it was any creative differences. I think it was just strictly like the movie production wasn't moving along fast enough and he didn't want to be tied down to doing oh, no. a Marvel it movie. Was, uh, it was actually that the movie was just really, really fucking bad. Really? Uh, yeah. Kevin Feige himself saw the movie and said that he was not happy with the outcome. So they replaced the director and they're basically Wait. scrapping the entire script and starting from the ground up. Wait, so you, what do you mean by saw the movie? They filmed parts of it? I thought it was a script at this point. No, so apparently they were a lot further along in production like they are for a lot of these things. Like, you remember a while back when I was telling <coughs> you guys about how all of the all of the shows until Miss Marvel were all filmed in the same eight-month time period, starting from Loki? Yeah. And they were just like released over the course of uh, like two years. Um, as like one ended, they would give it a couple weeks and start another one's release. Oh, really? It's the same type of thing with the movies. They're making all of them at the same time. That's why none of them connect in any way whatsoever. And they only connect at the very end of the phase when we get a, a Black Panther type movie or even the beginning of the following phase with an Ant-Man type movie where things actually like are built into proper stories. But as of right wow. now, everything is just being shipped out to people so that they can get their viewership up. Damn. That's okay. all it is right now. So at See, least like it makes me happy that he said what he said about blade and that they're just completually like changing the entire project from the ground up wait, because so that is what a lot of this statement? phase needed. Cause I thought all I heard yeah. was that the director left because the, project got pushed back and you didn't want to be tied down to because marvel probably requires a lot of like focus and attention because they're like a multi-billion dollar franchise at this point that they there was an actual statement yeah it, wow. he said his words were like they were obviously more polite than what i said but they were more or less what i said like the movie was i think what he had said was that the movie was not the what he had envisioned for it and he thought that the fight scenes, uh, the two fight scenes in the movie, specified that there was only two in the original cut, were both pretty underwhelming. Th those were his, like, more or less his exact words. Wow. What the fuck? I kind of want to read, like, what he was saying. Like, that is interesting to me because if if they put out fucking she-hulk what the fuck went wrong with blade <laughs> like holy shit okay yeah i really i don't know man i don't know i mean part of it also might be because like they see the feedback people are getting uh from or people are giving to dc for doing more or less the same thing where they're pushing back projects and just being up front and saying like we wish that we had maybe done a better job on this so we're gonna put it back into post and continue to work on this project and uh, people are uh, seemingly happy about that when it comes to dc right now so maybe marvel is seeing this as their opportunity to like lay off the gas a little bit and maybe slow down with um not having projects be directly after each other which is why i figure they did more than just delay the blade movie and they pushed back the avengers movie like a year so. Yeah, I can definitely see that too. 
And I almost, again, like I almost hope that's the case. And I because really hope if they... this year is a reflection of the content that we're gonna get in the next two phases, I don't think yeah. I'm making it as far as Secret Wars. Oh, I know. Like as far as I'm concerned, like, and I was just watching like the new Black Adam TV spot that dropped too. I'm just like, fuck, these better be good because i'm gonna get superhero franchise fatigue like this has been going on for like 10 years and we're gonna go like strap in for another 10 years you you better do (laughs) something to keep me going to see these because already i'm seeing a major drop in quality with the mcu tv shows and at this point i am full like on the star wars train tv shows because like you're losing me with the mcu ones like loki is probably and wandavision were the only really redeeming ones in my eyes that were worth Mm -hmm. it i agree and it's not like the other ones were just like heinously bad but they were just kind of boring yeah they didn't they didn't add anything to it it was they were just fun little blurbs you know like yeah they, they were having fun with it but i think they need to seriously just focus on quality over quantity i totally agree but I really don't think uh, I have anything else that I want to say on this topic. And uh, now that we're like a little over that two hour mark, I think that yeah, uh, unless you guys have anything to... else you want to say, we yeah. could probably get to wrapping this up. Yeah. No, yeah, I got nothing. Got nothing. You ain't got buns, hun. Ooh. Ouch. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> sure. That being said. <laughs> Uh, shout outs, quick shout out to the boys over at Nerd Talk Plus. Go check those fuckers out. They awesome. Javier, I know you're listening. Sup, homie. Um, also, uh, shout outs to our boy Joy over at Blind Knowledge. He is the guy that puts our content out in the world. I mean, like, I put our content out in the world, but he promotes it. He is our promoter. Uh, And definitely go check out blindknowledge.com to check out our show and other shows of the like. Uh, Ryan, you got some news with your new socials, sir? Yes, sir. So the, uh, uh, the streaming profile is finally active on YouTube. I had to go through this like... I, I don't even know what to call it. It's like an acceptance process where I basically just request to be allowed to stream and they just take a couple days before they say, yes, that's acceptable. Um, so that was kind of what was happening last week when, uh, when we recorded. And that's why I was a, a little hesitant on whether or not I was going to be on YouTube or just um, streaming for the time being again on Twitch. But we are now officially on YouTube and Instagram hey. at Synthetic7S. Uh, you guys can catch me same streaming schedule as of right now, uh, Sunday to Wednesday. Um, but we're going to be looking at opening that up a little bit more in the coming weeks. So stay tuned to the podcast to uh, hear more news about that. Also, one more quick thing. Um, I, I did really like Andor. We're not going to talk about it right now. We'll talk about it next episode, but it was really fucking good. Yeah, it was. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry, my brain kind of blanked on me. Did you already say where other, where people can find you? Yep, yep, I'm I'm done. My shadows. Yep. <laughs> Jesus <Yep>. Christ! <laughs> I look away from the screen for one second, and come back, and I'm like, wait, where are we? <laughs> <laughs> All the people want to find you. They can find me on the YouTube's. That's what the kids are using these days, right? 
Um, just kidding. All of on them. Instagram at Oliver.hruiz or wherever you can find these two Pantheon members. <laughs> Pantheon okay. members. All right. Yeah, I don't know how to like collectively describe you two. I guess I could have said the nerdy Nomicron crew or just literally said your names, but I, that's what I went with. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. If you folks want to find me on the internet, you can. You can find me on both Instagram and Twitter. On Instagram at Snurfin, on Twitter at the Real Snurfin, and you can also find us, the show. The people, the three of us, the trio, the triage, the menage, not saying at toi. All I'm saying is you can get a hold of us as a whole if you want on both Instagram and Twitter at Nerdy Nomicron. And with that being said, that concludes the end of this episode. Enjoy that outro music. Uh, and as always, peace. Adios. Peace.